I want to assimilate you in the game because this is, for, this is a family service. We have our kids, our teens here, and we're excited about that. Now, as we grow together today in faith and family, say faith and family, I want you to get in your mind that everything that is shared, I want you to quickly relay these things that you learn to your spiritual walk, all right, and family. Now, as we talk about this idea, this whole thing, the subject of get in the game, I want to say this. In the world, there are two known teams, okay? We're going to call them the, the kingdom team and the devils, <laughs> all right? Now, now, one team you've already been chosen to, but the other team, with all of its might, is trying to convince you to join. Now, within the convincing is when you will begin to find out within yourself whether you are a fan or a follower. <laughs> Come on. Somebody say, get in the game. Are you a fan? Are you a follower of who? Jesus. So let's break this down. And don't worry, let the kids talk, except my son, don't talk too much. He, he has the art of speaking down. His orientation is like off the charts. Uh, uh, so what is a fan? I'm going to help you. And a fan is an enthusiastic admirer of a sport, let's say a pastime, celebrity, or thing, right? So then you will ask the question, like, what is a follower? It is an adherent or also meant a devotee of a particular person, cause, or activity. I want to help you with the difference right now. I want to help you with the difference. The difference is, catch this, because this is going to be throughout everything. The difference is, is one is just an enthusiast of what they are admiring, but the other is devoted to it. <laughs> Did you catch it? Now, I believe that if you can differentiate between where you are by the end of this message, it will not only assist you to get in the game of your spiritual walk and ministry, but it will also enhance your life game and your family life. Amen? One more time, let me hear you say, get in the game. Now, I want, you to th I want you to think about the games that we play, all right? Games like we play at home or at school, like board games, right? Playground games. Anybody remember kickball? Yeah. The, great, the greatest game and the, the less expensive ever, right? A ball and people. Football, basketball, soccer, baseball, all those types of games. But one thing has remained consistent, and it is how we pick teams, now, if you pay attention to how teams are picked, it first starts out with the selection of the captains or the persons who will select the group, the teams, right, from the, from the group of participants or the people that are going to be involved. Now, one thing is for sure that even while a person is standing there with their hand raised, screaming, pick me, pick me, pick me, before they are even, they are even chosen on the team, they are actually they actually have a great desire to want to play. They want to be picked. They want to play. They want to get in the game. But here's what I realized. I realized that this might be a word for you. I realized that in life, even when you're picked last, you're still in the game. 
Anybody receive that? You can preach that at home in your closet because I thought I was looked over, but he chose me. And even though I was picked last, I'm still in the game. That's a word right there. Now, now there may be some kids or some teens or even adults who would rather stand on the sidelines, who would rather spectate than participate or laugh and chatter about what they see going on in the game. And often that can be with little or no desire to play, to get in the game. Now, think about this. When it comes to the big games, you have the stands, you have bleachers filled with fans. You, you have players, you have coaches, you have cheerleaders, but you also have something that is rarely mentioned called the bench. <laughs> no one dares talking about the bench, right? See, in the world of things in sports, you can physically see the bench. But in ministry, although you cannot see it, there are some people sitting on it. (laughs) So in this, I'm going to give you some things. Now, today, we're talking about getting in the game. In order for you to get in the game, I've got to give you a not-to-do list so that you can begin to understand your to-do list. The first thing is, look at someone and say, don't be a bench warmer. In other words, don't join the team just because you enjoy being around the game. See, some people, they enjoy being around the game, around the energy, around their environment. They, they, but they're bench warmers. But I want to help you because there can be different types of bench warmers. I'm going to give you three, just three. It's those who ride the pine or sit on the bench because they choose to. You know, those people that sit around as though they chose God versus being chosen by him. (laughs) Or, well, let me give you a scripture. John, I'll help you because in John it says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. Now, if you notice, it didn't say you were appointed to produce activity, that you were appointed to produce ideas, but it says that you were appointed to produce lasting fruit. Get it? Now, there's also another type of bench warmer and. It's those who filter their life through their own inadequacies. Those who filter their life through the phrase of not good enough. They sit on decisions and opportunities. They see themselves as not good enough. Therefore, it is displayed in their game. It's displayed in their life, but at the same time, they serve a God who is more than enough. It's also another type of bench warmer that is, Those who hear others' opinions louder than God's voice. Anybody get it? See, these types of bench warmers become paralyzed in opinions. They take on a state of paralysis because of all the opinions going on or drowning out the voice of God when he's already spoken to them in what they are called to what their purpose to do. They become passive in something that they've already been called to. 
Now, we cannot take a passive approach to our faith. We must be, everybody say, alert. We must be alert. We must be determined. We must be the ultimate competitors, not to be better than our teammates, but greater than our opponents. See, as believers, we should be a part of a kingdom team running the race to win. In Corinthians, it says, don't you realize the race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. This is what I like. So run to win. (laughs) So run to win. And Peter, I want to bring it more home. It, it, It says, God has given each of you, each of us, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Use them. (laughs) And then he says, use them well. Why? To serve one another. Now, I'm certain even now, but definitely back in the day, (laughs) no one wanted to be a bench warmer. Because the objective in their mind and the participant and the athlete was solely to get in the game, not warm the bench. Now, follow me. Can you imagine that a chosen individual, someone who has been selected to be on the team, would go through such measures to be accepted on the team, to have a chance to get in the game, but only carry the hope in their heart to earn just the opportunity to ride the bench. Think about it. Don't get caught up being a bench warmer. Here's something, because we have to have the mindset and the understanding, and this is, this is really, really, as believers, as followers of Christ, we must have a mindset and understanding that just because you made it on the team doesn't automatically put you in the game. Just because you was chosen on the team, it doesn't automatically place you in the game. You've got to do something. Now, I don't believe that the main issue is that people, that they, I don't believe that people actually set out to be bench warmers. I think that at some point, they just don't realize that they became one. I don't think they set out to do it. I think they just lose sight and they don't realize that they became one. And usually you become one within your own comfort zone. I was preaching this in, to myself and I was thinking through it and God gave me and said, sometimes people are simply enthusiasts in being comfortable while doing nothing. And I believe that's what we have to fight against is that comfortable place. Maybe that's why we like comfort food. <laughs> We want to be in a comfortable place, but we have to do something. Somebody say, get in the game. So if we're going to get in the game, don't be a bench warmer. But here's something else. Don't do life from the sidelines. In other words, don't be a sideline spectator. <laughs> Y'all got quiet. <laughs> don't be a sideline. Now, in, any, any of you know people like this, like, like at school or on your job or at church, oh, I'm sorry, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, 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 no. The kids got that. <laughs> you know, the people who, they sit around and they watch everyone else. They talk about what they see and how they see it. It goes a little bit something like this. Look at that. I knew he couldn't catch. 
Or it goes something like this. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. See, something told me. <laughs> it used to be what happened was, but now it's something told me that they were going to lose. <laughs> right? I could see it in their eyes. Or, wow, she just looked like she woke up with Jesus this morning. <laughs> all these things, all the people who are watching from the sideline. See, I believe that those who find themselves here in that place are just graduated bench warmers that moved closer to the field. <laughs> See, they still bench warming, they just on the sideline. They move closer to the field, but they're, they're still just spectating. But get this, two more steps, and they'll be on the field. Just two more steps. You're in the building, but if you take two more steps, you'll be on the field. So the question is, why the reluctancy? Jonah had great reluctancy when God called him to go to Nineveh. He pointed out every inadequacy he could, he could think of, every reason not to. If you think about it, why the reluctancy? Why the hesitation or the pause to get in the game? See, as believers, we belong on the field, not on the sidelines spectating. We, we have to be participants. We have to be intentional. We have to take action. And although I believe this could be a challenge, a lot of people don't want the contact that comes in the game. You ever been on a team with people they don't want to get hit? So they never catch the ball. They don't want to get hit. I'll be on your dodgeball team, but I'm going to stand all the way in the back. Matter of fact, if they throw the ball, I'm going to hide behind you. I'm going to stand in the back. We have to be participants. A lot of people don't want that contact, but I want to, I want to blow your mind with something. Is that this faith walk is like a contact sport. You cannot continue to run from the contact. We can talk about the joy that was awaiting Jesus. He understood it. But the joy awaiting you in your faith walk only comes when you get off the sidelines and get in the game. God wants us as believers to get in the game like an athlete and play to win because we are competing for a greater prize. See, in Corinthians, it says all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose. I like that because that means that once you understood that you have a greater prize, then <laughs> you run with purpose in every step. In every step. It says I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just shadow boxing, but I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Somebody shout hallelujah. Y'all mind if I pause right here? I want to pause real quick because I feel like I, I want to speak something into families right here about this sideline. Let me help you and we'll get back to it because it came to me this morning because parents don't lead from the sidelines of your kid's life. I'm, I'm going to help it. I'm going to help you right here because this is what God gave to me. The example came to me where we may not know we're just leading from the sidelines. This example came to me like this. Go to school, get an education. 
And the only assessment that you're utilizing to know that they're getting a good education is their grades. That's not good. Where's the train back? Where's the conversation that goes along that partners with what did you learn today? Can I help you? My son helped me, like, it really gave me this word because my son, Austin, love you, man. Love you, man. Take off that Texas hat. But. Uh, my son, he, he came to me and said, Dad, I need you to sign this showing that you're supporting me for my science project. It was a thick packet, and to his surprise, <laughs> I said thick packet for a reason. Parents, I'm trying to help you. Y'all follow me? Get it? All right, parents. So it was a thick packet. So to his surprise, I began reading it. (laughs) Circling items, drawing arrows, underlining, highlighting, you know, being Pastor A, just being me. Uh, (laughs) But I reached the part in the packet where there uh, there was a statement. There was some instructions stating that, he had to assure to include an independent variable, fifth grade, and a dependent variable within the project. So I read it again, fifth grade. (laughs) So I read it again, and then I said, come here, come here. I said, son, what's an independent and a dependent variable? He quickly rattled off the answer of what he heard in class from the teacher. He had it down, how she said it. I said, that's what it is. He said, that's what the teacher said. I said, so give me an example. Like, like train it back to me. Like, like break it down for me. So we kind of sat there, and I know a lot of you are surpassed fifth grade, but you're like, what's an independent, independent variable? <laughs> I know, right? You, you, like, you, like, you like the parent on the side, Google, like, All right, what it is, let me, let me break it down to you, son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that's what happens. For you nerds out there, it's going to drive you crazy. You want to pull out your phone right now, but you don't want nobody to see you looking up. So, so let me help you. Let me help you. I was going to leave it right there, but let me help you. Uh, an independent variable is something that stands alone. Uh, an example would be uh, a birthday. All right? A birthday stands alone. It's factual. It doesn't need anything else to support it to know that it's my birthday, right? That's my birthday. Um, a dependent variable is something that there's other things that have to happen in order for that outcome to take place. For example, if you're going to make 100 on a test, there's different variables. What's some example of some variables? I'm teaching about variables, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. How, how well you studied, right? If you retain the information, if you showed up to take the test, <laughs> right, how much sleep did you get? So these variables, so I'm, I'm asking this question, I'm saying this because I thought that's such an awesome example because you can think that you're actually in the game with your kids. But if you never get past the packet, if you never hold that expectation to ask that question, it's like we were sitting down doing math, and I'm not going to go into this, but I said, son, teach me the multiplication. And he, so, he showed me this new math. And I quickly... <laughs> Grandparents, if you haven't seen the new math, you're lucky. 
I quickly closed the book. I said, son, I'm going to call your teacher in the morning because I'm, I'm about to take you old school. I'm about to go straight old school because it's about 20 steps in that, and I'm about to show you. And it's not that he couldn't do the math. He couldn't figure out what is going on in these steps. So I took him old school. Now he's sitting in the class waiting for everybody else to get done and teaching them the old school math. I'm saying that sometimes you can think his teachers are asking him, like, how you know that? So what I'm saying is that you can think that you're in the game, but you're actually on the sidelines. Get it? Let's get back to it. So we said if you're going to get in the game, you don't be a bench warmer. Number two, what did I say? Don't be a sideline spectator. I'm trying to help you. Here's the last thing. This is what I really want to get to. Don't get stuck in the bleachers. This is what I mean. Don't get stuck in the stands of your own life selling for less than what you were called to. Don't get stuck in the bleachers. I gave this to the youth. Here's how I gave it to him. In the book of Matthew, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you know the New Testament, what comes after that book? Mark. Then calling, in Mark, it says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. It goes into the book of Luke. And it says, this must have been important. He said, then he said to the crowd, <laughs> if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen anyone win a game from the sidelines, the bench, or the bleachers. See, when we get in the game, it grants us not only opportunity, especially in Christ, to individually, individually do something great in his name, but... It also gives way to a chance to contribute to the kingdom team. See, in the game, yes, there are some rules, but there's also a role that you have to play for the success of the team. Now, it's critical to the team's chance of winning. Remember those two teams? Kingdom team, devils. But if no one shows up to play the game, it then comes to a forfeit. Now, you can show up and not be present. <laughs> you can show up and not have your jersey on <laughs> and still cannot play. The thing about it is this. You have to be able to contribute because in this whole thing, get it, if no one shows up, it's a forfeit. Why? Because no one committed. No one committed to get in the game. Why? Because they were too busy being fans versus being followers. I want you to walk with me. You see, during a game, you have some people who are only there to spectate and others are just fans. But in the spiritual realm of things, ask yourself, am I a fan or a follower? See, we get caught up in our own schedules, in our own thoughts, and then we have no time and energy to answer the call of the coach. And the coach is who? Jesus we, we, we can't even hear the coach call, call our name. We sat on the bench so long, we forgot the game. We're, we're thinking about Mickey, Disney World. Like, we're, we're thinking about buying groceries. We're thinking about all these different things. We, you can't even realize sometimes that God's called your name. 
You've been seeking a blessing. You've been praying. You've been leaving for something, but you're so caught up in so many things that you can't even hear the coach call your name. And then when he actually calls your name and you hear him, you quickly turn and begin looking for your substitute. You're like, Lord, it must be somebody else. (laughs) All these people are here. It must be someone else that you can choose for this right now. We look for our substitute even though we have not even entered the game ourselves as of yet. Therefore, we only have time to be fans because it will require more energy and effort to be a follower. Can I help you? We get comfortable being an enthusiastic admirer rather than being a devoted follower. See, it's easy to get up in the morning and show up for worship. It's hard to show up and set up. It's hard to show up to to get the game plan together so that we can help win more souls for Christ. We can get up and we can show up because the songs, everything are here, but it's hard sometimes in being that devoted follower. And when this doesn't happen, well, when that doesn't happen, guess what happens? I'm glad you asked. Instead of having a community of devoted followers, we end up with a stand full of fans. Come on, you got to preach this with me, Pastor. I want to tell you what fans are. See, fans, they attend the games, but they never play in the game. They cheer on the other team as long as they're winning. They boo the opposing team or when a play happens that they don't like. They know about the players, but they don't actually know the players. (laughs) I'm all up in this room provoking good works. But I want to help you right here. But likewise, as Christians are just like fans sometimes. They attend church but never get in the game. They never get into ministry because they can't get past Sunday. They cheer Jesus as long as they like the worship song being sang or the sermon being preached, as long as they're winning in life. And if they like the process and how things are being done, y'all don't hear me. They boo whenever they have to take a hit. They know God, but they don't really know him. They bought the t-shirt, but they never paid a price. They never took up a cross to follow him. I wish I had some people that were some followers. I'm talking about some people that there's one minute and three three seconds on the clock in the fourth quarter and you're on the one yard line of your life. Except this time, Brady don't have the ball. Jesus does. You're on the one line in your life. Now, if you notice that it says run the race to to win, it didn't say run run the race and coach. So that means if I'm on the one-yard line with one minute and three seconds left, I'm just ready to run. I know he's going to throw me the ball. I know he's going to get me there. I'm a devoted follower, so I'm saying whether there's 10 seconds on the clock, I believe that we're going to win the game. I I wish I had some devoted followers, those people. I'm talking about some devoted followers that you've stopped reminiscing how good he was I'm talking about followers you stop reminiscing how good he was but your folks here say he's good right now 
He mm, mm, good. He good to the last drop. I'm talking about some devoted followers that's saying he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that I could ever imagine, anything I could ask for. I'm talking about a devoted follower that losing hasn't even entered their mind. I'm talking about a devoted follower that believes that, listen, a devoted follower that believes that when I win, I win. When I lose, I win. So all I do is win, win. I'm talking about devoted followers that even when you feel like you're losing, you have a winning attitude. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. I'm not done. I'm talking about a devoted follower that gets on the starting line. And no matter if you're on the line with all the people in the world who's ever broken the world record, you stand there with confidence. You stand there with unshakable confidence. You stand there with a faith that's not cannot be shaken. You stand there with peace. You stand there with deliverance. You stand there with belief that I know that he's able. And that's why, that is why, that is why sometimes, hold on. That's why sometimes you have to get a little loud. That's why sometimes you have to go a little crazy. That's why sometimes that the noise that you make, we're not making clanking cymbals. But we're making a joyful noise. Now I'm not talking about fans that's making a joyful noise when the refrigerator is full. Kids, I'm talking about followers that even though it's only peanut butter and jelly in the refrigerator and the butt part of the bread. I'm talking about that type of follower. They said, I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe. I'm going to fight. So God, he's in your life. And he's at the line of scrimmage. And I just believe he's saying this to the enemy about getting in the game. He's saying that this is the last play. It's fourth and, it's fourth and two. They know what we're going to do. We know what we're going to do. The enemy knows the play. Matter of fact, we done spoken to him across the line. We run it to the right. We gave him the play across the line. So therefore, you know the play. 
We know the play, but we know who with us. So we said, stop us. Stop us if you can. Because the weapons that we're fighting with, because the weapons that we're fighting with, they're greater than yours. I dare you to go to warrior spirit right now. Come on. We coming. We coming. Let's go. Are you ready to get in the game? Are you ready to get in the game? I'm not talking about fans, but I'm talking about some followers. Are you ready to get in the game? Lift your hand all over this place. The enemy mad now. Because there's been a conversion from fans to followers. We can't just walk it. We have to talk it. We have to model it. We have to believe it even when it's hard. I believe that God wants to wreck your life. But you can't be afraid of the hits. You can't be afraid to take the licks. Fight comes with it. Fighting just, it's only an indicator to me that something's about to happen. It's an indicator light to me that we're about to make a turn. There's about to be a shifting. There's about to be a movement. And I believe pressed down, shaking together, running over, that he's going to do it. But in order to follow him, you want to be his follower, you got to give up your own way. You got to get out of the stands of your own life. Don't get caught in the bleachers. Don't stand on the sidelines spectating. Don't be a bench warmer. But believe what God has for you in Jesus' name. Come on, worship. Come on, somebody make a joyful noise in this place. Lord, we call on your name right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we believe for breakthrough for every family in this place. We want to be devoted fans, not just admirers. We want to go deeper in you, Lord. We believe as we leave this place, but never from your presence. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as a family, if you want to accept it individually, whether it's online or in this building, we welcome you right now. Let's do it.